Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Hello, you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And I'm joined this week by Mark Cavanagh, senior assistant editor and digital of the Star and digital editor at Buzz.ie. Mark, welcome to the show. Cheers. Thanks, Adrian. Mark, we're talking today about phones and in particularly, in particular, the Google Pixel 4, which was released during the week. I'm disappointed in it. You like it. I like lots of things about it. Yeah. But there are a couple of, I think your review of it uh, in the end of this week was uh, very accurate, the the intro, uh, how it was tantalizingly close to being the perfect smartphone. Yeah, so that's what I felt, that because I was really looking forward to the Pixel 4 XL, which is the model that I got, a 6.3-inch phone from Google. Google makes very, very good cameras. What I was really looking forward here to was um, three cameras from the Pixel 4, like on the iPhone 11 Pro, like on Huawei P30 Pro, like on Samsung S10 Plus. Instead, we got two cameras. We got no ultra-wide camera, just a standard camera and a telephoto camera. And that wasn't the... We'll talk about that in one second. But that wasn't the main problem I had. The main problem I have with it is battery life. And I'm very disappointed with the battery life in the Pixel 4 XL. From my, in my experience, in, you know, butt in, if jump in, if, if, you, if you think differently. In my experience, it is the weakest battery life of any flagship phone that I've tested in the last year. And that is kind of unacceptable to me. So so at 6 or 7 p.m. every day, it was down in the red. And I can't really live with that. Maybe a lot of people can, but maybe I can't. Did, did, you, did you find I that? I haven't noticed so far, and I'll tell you okay. why. I've got it a bit of weeks. I have the XL model like yourself. Yep. I believe a couple of other reviewers have the smaller model. Now, yeah, I believe the battery four. life on that is pretty weak, all right. Well, because the battery life on the big model is 37 100 milliamp and on the smaller model it's 2800 milliamp now that for a modern smartphone is tiny really small that's way way smaller than the iphone 11 for example i've only switched over to the 4xl today as my kind of main phone as your driver the f- yeah use the jargon the <laughs> <I> driver <laughs> the daily driver yes uh copyright whoever um but uh i for the first few days something was perplexing me and that was the fact that the refresh rate on the phone didn't seem to be 90 hertz. Let, let's just take a step back and explain for what the refresh rate is for uh, some of our non-tech listeners on a screen. So the OnePlus phones, the OnePlus 7 Pro, which I got earlier this year, yep. that's got the 90 hertz refresh rate. Mm-hmm. And What does that mean? The, the average smartphone 
has a refresh rate of 60 hertz. Yeah. So 90 doesn't necessarily make anything faster, but it seems faster. Certainly, uh, you know, scrolling and web browsing, yes, it so is So that's faster, literally the amount of times that the screen refreshes itself. Yeah. Uh, so when you scroll, for example, if it has a higher refresh rate, it seems much, much smoother, like really buttery smooth. Yeah. Like on the iPad Pro that I use every day, the iPad Pro 11, that has a 120 hertz refresh screen. And when you're swiping from side to side on it, it's unbelievable. It's like seeing this amazing 4K kind of super duper. And, and the, to be fair to it, the Pixel 4 XL does have a 90 hertz rate, which is higher than the iPhone and higher than most other phones. But unlike the OnePlus Pro models, it's not turned on by default. You actually have to go into the developer settings mm -hmm. and force it on. Um, so for the first few days, I didn't kind of switch over to the phone, but I have today. So mm -hmm. I'm reluctant to kind of judge the battery life until I've been using it for a few days, now, all just, day, every day. Just to be clear, if you switch to the 90 hertz, the upper uh, um, refresh rate, that is going to use more battery power. It is, yeah. So I would imagine that the reason that the phone switches from 90 back down to 60, which it, which is its default if, if when it's doing things that it doesn't think you need the higher refresh rate for, that uses less battery. And I, I think the phone does that to try and extend the battery life. But what, what has disappointed me so much, not so much, this isn't the end of the world, okay? I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating here. But what does disappoint me is Google is supposed to be really good at this kind of stuff. It's supposed to be really good at making the software and the underneath of the phone to maximize it for things like battery life. And I was just so surprised. I was, I've never had, in the last six months, with no other phone have I had to regularly recharge it at my desk at, you know, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and I was having to do that with this phone. I feel your frustration because I, I felt with the Pixel 3, that was the first Pixel I tried, and I mm. thought the camera on it just blew everything Amazing. else out of the water. Amazing. This year, as I reviewed phones throughout the year, I regularly referred back to that, and yeah. I, th I thought it was still better than the Samsung S10 and okay. S10 Plus. I thought it was better than the Note 10, uh -huh. which I tried. That was another frustratingly phone, or phone that was frustratingly close to being perfect. Yeah. Um, but when Apple brought out the iPhone 11, the camera on that really did sort of seem to step up to the plate mm -hmm. following the Pixel 3's march ahead last year. And you really were kind of excited and, and really eagerly looking mm. forward to the Pixel 4's arrival, thinking that it would blow not just the cameras out of the water, but everything else, because there was a few other things they got wrong last year that you thought they would have maybe mm. corrected those mistakes this year. But I love the Pixel 4's <coughs> cameras. They really are excellent. I think the portrait mode on it is, is, is by far the best that I've used. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with, that the, so the two cameras you do get on it are the normal standard uh, camera and then the, a 2x telephoto, which is, okay, it's a very modest telephoto um, uh, length in this era of Huawei P30 Pro and their 5x telephoto. But even still, those cameras are excellent. And I really mean top notch. Like if, if you can live without an ultra wide camera, and this I will get to that now in one second. If you can live without uh, that ultra wide camera, you will not be disappointed with the cameras on this phone. They are brilliant, brilliant. Um, and, and credit to, to Google for doing that. However, I can't live with it because it doesn't have an ultra-wide camera. And all of the flagship phones now have ultra-wide cameras. So the difference between your standard camera and your ultra-wide, uh, if you've never played with one, is absolutely massive. I tweeted a picture the other day of a cottage that I'm renovating and I picked, I, I tweeted 
one picture of through the standard lens and the other from the ultra wide and the difference is absolutely huge i use the ultra wide lens now more than i use any other lens so for my use personal use i can't live without it so i'm really really disappointed and particularly google's excuse they um the google vp on stage when they were unveiling the pixel 4 they said we think that ultra wide lenses are fun but that the telephoto is more useful because it was going from one camera to two i couldn't disagree with them more I would disagree with that on two <coughs> levels. Firstly, for the last couple of years, Google have been telling us all that we didn't need a zoom lens, that their mm. computational photography was so good, and it was, mm. that the benefits of having a 2x zoom wouldn't be wouldn't be visible. Um, and then they kind of backtrack on that. So that's the first point. And the second point would be uh, with regards to um, the iPhone 11. Mm. I was really excited when they put on the wide-angle lens rather than the, the zoom lens because, to me, that's something that I would use more than the Zoom. But I'll, I'll yeah, I mean, again, if you go back to my Twitter feed, this isn't, this isn't a promo for my Twitter feed, but it, it, I've posted a lot of examples of me using <clears throat> the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 uh, Pro Max. The stabilization on that ultra-wide lens. I, I tweeted a video of me running through Stephen's green, and I don't mean like running in shorts and runners. I mean clumping in my boots and with a bag on my back and just holding the phone in one hand. And the stabilization is unbelievable. Like, you would not think that somebody was running without, <clears throat> excuse me, a specialized gimbal in their hand. So the technology has come on absolutely massively. And the and to be fair to the iPhone, it has gone right up there to the, to the top again. So I'm just really disappointed that Google yeah, do well, this. Yeah, you would have to wonder what their, what their thinking is. Um, if, if You know, to go back on what they've said, that you only need one camera. Mm. And then to put in probably... The lesser of the two, well, why not just bite the bullet and put three in like everybody else has? It, it doesn't make sense. And, and because we know that next year, the Pixel 5 is definitely going to have a third camera. It definitely will. It absolutely will. Because, you know, the, 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 the all of the feedback from people buying phones are going to say we miss this not all of it, but a lot of it's going to say we miss this third ultra wide camera. Yeah, using it, I, I find it, it's a great it's a great experience uh, to use the phone. But they, like, do they want to make the best smartphone or not? And mm. if they do, and that seems to be the, you know what everyone yeah. else wants to do or is trying to do, if well then, yeah. So it, so it beggars belief why they didn't put the third camera. So we've in. mentioned. Uh, well, I have kind of pushed the gripes to the, the top of this podcast, but let's let's talk about the good things about the Pixel Four XL because there are some great things about it. Face unlock is amazing. Amazing. Now, face unlock, you, you said for a long time, is one of the best features on the iPhone. Love it. I think it's probably still more secure in terms of using mm -hmm. for banking. Um, we'll come to that maybe in a minute. But I like the intuitive face unlock on the Pixel 4. Mm. As you put your hand towards the phone, the, 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 the radar, the sensor, senses that you're about to pick up the phone. So before you've even looked at it, the face yeah. has unlocked. Yeah, it has a bunch of new sensors that are so fast and work so quickly that when your table, your your phone is on the table and you reach to pick it up, uh, it works in tandem with the motion sensor and the face unlocking sensor. And by the time you bring it up to your face, it's just unlocked. It's it's fantastic. It's super fast. I mean, there's still features that Apple have that that, that aren't on this. For example, your notification screen mm. on an Apple iPhone, the way you, you don't read the message until you mm -hmm. face unlocked it. It'd be nice to have that on the Pixel 4 too. Yeah. But I do love how fast it is. I love the way you can just squeeze the phone gently mm -hmm. to uh, someone Google Assistant, mm -hmm. which seems to work better on the Pixel 4 than it does on I mean, let's talk about the Google Assistant. It It is absolutely 
that has come on in leaps and bounds. Uh, for anybody who wants a really smartphone, a phone that can actually organize your day, uh, this is definitely the phone to get. I'm not sure if you tried the um, the transcription uh, facilities on, on, on the app. Just yet. a little bit, but that, that was one of the other things oh, I was going to mention. I mean, from, from, from a journalist's point of view, yeah. uh, I hate transcribing interviews, as I'm yeah. sure you do. Um, and do you use I Otter? I don't, know. no. So Otter is what I use, otter.ai. Uh, you get uh, 600 free minutes per month, and then you have to pay a subscription after that. But I rarely go through my 600 minutes. It's a free app, uh, Android, iOS, um, and you can access it in a browser as well. So you can access recordings on a PC. You can also import audio files into it. The accuracy is about, in my experience, about 80 85%. The rest of the 15%, you just open up the file, go into it, touch any of the words in the transcript, and it immediately starts playing the audio file from where you touched it. It's brilliant. Like, I don't know why every journalist doesn't use I suspect lots of journalists do use it, but they just don't want to talk about it. They don't want other people knowing about it. I'm kind of breaking the omerta here. But um, but that a, a similar type of feature is 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 on the yeah Pixel live 4. captions I think is what they call mm. it um, yeah it's from the little bit that I've I've played with it it's uh, it's fantastic and yeah. I'm really excited about the potential of that yeah. I think you were at the Microsoft launch recently yes. and they've got a couple of devices with with live transcription they as well, do they? so in particular their Surface earbuds. Uh, work within work with Microsoft Office, and as you're talking, the mic microphone picks up your speech, and, um, and and not only does it um, transcribe, but it also can translate as well into different languages. So that's kind of a wow feature. Uh, but that I think Google is essentially making that free um, for everyone. So that is the reason to buy this phone. You mentioned. Um, the, the squeezing the side of it. I have to say, I really like the look and feel of it. Um, Google has made this phone slightly narrower, just slightly narrower than most of the other flagship phones. But the effect of that is it makes it easier to use one-handed with your thumb. So a 6.3-inch phone, anything over 6 inches is usually quite difficult to uh, use with one hand. This is actually way easier than most other phones uh, to use uh, with one hand. So I really like that. I like the matte, uh, the matte finish on the back. Really, really comfortable to use. Um, not that not that mad about the the forehead bezel on the top. It's kind of ugly, but I think they needed to to put all the sensors in. Um, but there are a lot of things I like about this phone. Um, if you told me that I would be quote unquote stuck with this phone, the only thing that would really annoy me would be the battery life. Um, I, you know, you could probably live without the ultra wide. I suppose where I differ from you probably with regards to, to using the phone every day would be in the last few months, I've been commuting rather than driving. Yeah. So I've referenced this in a couple of phone reviews that I've done. Mm. Um, so for the, Roughly an hour and a half, two hours every day. I'm now using my phone more than I did, say, a year ago. So the primary thing I do with my phone now is is not take photos. Mm. So the photos are less of an issue for me and the camera is mm. less of an issue for me. The productivity and the speed and that 90 hertz refresh rate makes a huge difference if you're mm -hmm. working on you know a large screen device like that mm. and you can multitask and switch between five, six, seven apps. Like today on the way into work, I was editing Word documents, I was editing photos, I was downloading videos, I was uh, 
editing articles online on buzz.ie. Mm. I was answering emails, answering text messages, answering WhatsApp messages all at the same time. And to be able to do that super fast and fluidly mm. without any lag, that's a big thing for me. Do so you, to me, do that's... Do you not find that most of the flagships will kind of give you that kind of power speed? They do, but once you've tried that 90 hertz okay. refresh rate... It's, yeah, you're in love with that screen. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Listen, I, I you know, can't fault you at all. Um, that, that's not to say I don't take loads of photographs. I mm. do, if you follow me on social media, I probably post more photos on Instagram stories than the average person. So the camera is still an issue, but mm. um, I, I, the productivity side of it has become a bigger... bigger. I mean, for what they're charging, so it's €899. Euro. These are SIM-free unlock price. €899 Euro for the 64 gigabyte version, which I'd be kind of wary about going for a 64 gigabyte phone uh, unless you really plan to use the free Google Photos app for video and photos, in which case you're probably okay with 64 gigabytes. And then it's 999 for the 128 gigabyte. Now, most of the flagship phones these days are 128 gigabyte. So you're it's 999 for that. But a Huawei P30 Pro costs, the last time I looked, uh, 949 for the same amount of storage. Um, uh, much better battery life and that third ultra wide camera um, the Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus which again much better battery life that third camera 999 at uh, the same price as the, the Pixel 4 XL I could not recommend this phone over a Galaxy S10 Plus or a P30 Pro and then you've got the OnePlus 7T, which has just come out, mm. which is 599 for the same storage, 128. It's got a triple camera. Now, the camera's not on the same level no. as I find as the, the OnePlus cameras are okay, but the, they're, they're kind of two years, two to three years behind, I find, other other flagships. Yeah, So, but if you were, if you were coming at it from maybe... The other angle, the productivity angle, yeah. that's that's a great value phone. And if for some, oh, for value, I yeah, think, no question. The, the, the Google, the pricing issue, I think, certainly in Ireland, is is more more uh, important maybe than it is for other flagship phones because it doesn't seem to be available on any of the network operators, no. which means that the only way you're going to buy that phone is outright. So, is it worth a thousand euro? Yeah, I mean, look, if I if you were to flip. The arguments that I've been making and you were to say, well, look, can you, if I was a barrister, right, here's your brief, make a case for this phone for a thousand euro. The case that I would make would be that um, something along the lines of, of, of what you were arguing, and I would funnel it into this being an intelligent smartphone that is generally smarter than most other phones, has a cleaner Android system, Android 10, no skins, pure Android. And if you know what you're doing, you can get around the phone quicker than you can on any other phone that I've ever used, including the iPhone, um, from app to app, from function to function, uh, incredibly intelligent, amazing uh, Google Assistant. And that is Google's secret sauce. Is, yeah. is, is their a- Android 10 is a big yeah. plus point as well because it's, it's currently... Well, actually, the OnePlus 7T has Android 10 as well, right. but they're the only two phones you can get yeah. on the Irish market at the moment. With yeah. that. So that's the case I would make for this, but there are a lot of points um, against it. You have a couple of phones uh, splayed out in front of you, so we might, just before I move on to the next thing, which is new networks and 5G, you might give me an idea of what you're, you've been looking at there. So my favorite phone this year so far was as mentioned already, the OnePlus 7 Pro. Mm-hmm. So the newer version of that is the OnePlus 7T Pro, and I haven't tried that yet. It's an incremental, a very small incremental upgrade. Uh, it's got a slightly better telephoto lens, um, and it's got 
sort of a couple of upgrades on the chipset. Okay. So it's the A55 Plus rather than the A55. But essentially, it's the same phone, just mm. enhanced a little bit rather than changed too much. But this is the 7T, which takes that 90 hertz mm. screen from the 7 Pro and puts it in a much cheaper phone and a, mm. and a smaller phone. It's I think it's 6.3 as well. It's okay. very easy to use one-handed. It's super fast. And I've been using that for the last few weeks and really love that. Mm-hmm. The beast, the big one on the desk in front of me is the 5G phone, the, the Huawei one. And maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, that's probably the only Huawei phone I've used in the last couple of years that doesn't have great battery life. Yeah, I, I mean, I have one as well. So it's, it's the uh, Huawei Mate 20X 5G. And this listeners you should really see this to believe it again i've tweeted pictures of it this is a 7.2 inch smartphone i tweeted pictures yesterday of this in my pocket got an awful lot of funny wise cracking uh, <laughs> comments back but you will know if somebody has a huawei mate 20 x 5g phone in their pocket when they approach you put it that way um and they're not it's not that they're happy to see you right so um i agree with you on the battery life the battery life is okay. It, it, as I have been using it, it, it does get me to eight, nine o'clock. It's a 4,200 milliamp battery, which is only marginally bigger than you will get on the 6.5 inch, 6. the flagship phones, Huawei uh, uh, um, P30 Pro, the Samsung phones, but the battery life isn't as good. You're right. Yeah. I also I, find I, the screen isn't as good. I'm told it's because the, the 5G modem uses a different chipset to mm. the main chipset and it drains the battery, but um, I'd agree with you, I'd get about seven or eight o'clock out of it. When I saw it first, I thought, oh my God, I've reached peak big phone. I've yeah. been a huge, yeah. like yourself, a big a big fan of, of the larger screen devices mm-hmm. for, for many years. And when I saw that, I thought, oh no, I think this is it. This is, you know, it's gone too far, but... I do like it. It's great for watching content. On. You know, it's yeah, I have, there's a phone dropping on the carpet there. I have uh, used it on the bus, looking at YouTube in particular. And it's funny because it is, it's good if you're in bed or if you're somewhere, but actually on the bus or the train, it's almost too big. I mean, you, you're you you're tap, packed in tight there beside somebody and whatever you're watching they're going to watch as well it's that kind of size it's actually it is essentially the same size as if you remember the google nexus seven tablets like six seven years ago like when tablets first came out it's mainly the ipad and then if you wanted an alternative samsung had one or two and then google made one it was a nexus seven it was like a mini tablet this screen is actually the same size as that tablet. Yeah, it's not much smaller than an iPad Mini. No, it's not. Um, the camera on it is excellent. It's it doesn't seem to be exactly the same as the P thirty Pro. Yeah, I don't think it is. The zoom I, is thirty x rather than fifty. Um, yeah, I, I the camera's good on it, but I have noticed that it's not quite as good. It, it, as far as I can tell, um, there's a three x optical zoom on it rather than a five x on the the P thirty Pro. Uh, and the stabilization in it isn't, to my mind, as good as in I did the running test. I did that this one on Mountjoy Square. I just started walking, running with it, and it was kind of shaky uh, and wobbly, but it still is very good, and it does have that lovely ultra-wide as well. Um, 5G speeds, but were you able to try it? Were you able to actually find <laughs> not, any 5G? Not yet, not yet. I, it's you a, have a 5G Vodafone card. I do, right? yeah. No, I've, only had do I. Few, I've only had that a few days. So I was mm. told to go to John Rogerson's Key. I did. I, I couldn't, couldn't get any coverage. And today I went to North Wall Key, which I believe is another, yeah. another place. And I couldn't get any coverage today. Now, I wasn't, I, I didn't hang around in either location for very long. You shouldn't have to. Vodafone, if you're listening. 
Where the hell is your 5G network? So I'm going to Cork for the weekend for the jazz festival. Okay. And I, I believe it, it's easy. They have to, more sites down there. Yeah. That's where they launched it. I, I think I was the only journalist uh, who, who uh, from from the, the national titles to, to go down and actually um, cover it. Um, uh, and, but they do have, and I, I have... I have used the signal down I there. I know someone who lives in Cork, mm. uh, one of our fellow journalists, and he's sent me uh, screen Noel, grabs. Noel yeah, Campion? Noel, yeah, from the Noel examiner. from the examiner has sent me screen grabs of speed tests he's done yeah. on Patrick Street in Cork, 720 megabits yeah, per second. Yeah, that's what I was getting, six 700 megabits yeah. per second. Now, here's the thing. So air, ha- as we were recording this, uh, we're recording this the day that it, before it goes out, and air has just announced its uh, 5G service around the country as exclusively you would have uh, read in independent.ie from yours truly a week in advance. But um, the thing is that Air has positioned this as an expensive product. So the, the price, bizarrely, the Vodafone 5G service is now considerably cheaper than the Air one, which I didn't never thought I'd live to see that. Vodafone having coming in with a new fast technology that's cheaper than its rivals. Normally Vodafone focuses on high, very high quality, the, the best quality, but also the most expensive. Um, and this time, they have come in with a cheaper product. So their uh, 5G product, I think, starts at 30 or 35 quid per month. I, I have the details here. Yeah, it's 35 quid uh, per month SIM-free or 45 quid for 20 gigabytes or 40 gigabytes. That's not enough data. But anyway, whereas Air mobile has come in with 60 euro per month or 70 euro per month now two provisos one you do get a tenner off if you're an air broadband customer so that could be 50 euro and six or 60 euro and there is a small amount of that that goes to subsidizing a phone so if you if you take this 60 euro uh, monthly tariff you will get you know two or 300 euro off one of the 5g phones you'll still have to pay like 700 quid for a samsung s10 plus 5g but you that's cheaper than the thousand or eleven hundred that it normally costs. But the question is, um, even if you're getting seven hundred megabits per second, who on earth will pay for a seven hundred megabit per second service over, say, a forty megabit per second service on their phone? Now, I'm usually the person who hates other people who make those arguments about broadband. But on this, in this case, I'm wondering. I don't think there's going to be a big take-up of 5G in the early stages uh, if when it's priced in a premium way like that. I think Air Mobile have overpriced this. I think it's too expensive. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, and given given the limitations to the, the number of sites, I'm hard. I mean, now, so Air, I, I do. I have some details on on the Air site. So they have it's five cities. The five cities plus. Carlo, Castlebar, Dundalk, Drada, and Kilkenny, but there's only a hundred sites between all of those places. So once again, it's you know one or two areas in the city, maybe a, a few streets, uh, one or two streets in the in the towns. Um, Air also says it's going to switch on another hundred masts in the coming weeks: Athlone, Bray, Ennis, Letterkenny, Sligo, Tralee, Trim. Vodafone only has it, as I understand, in the five cities, and as you say, in Dublin, it's only in a few st- a few streets. So it, it's not like it, it's kind of widespread. There are other um, difficulties as well. It, it's, it, it won't work on your existing SIM card. You've got to swap out your SIM card. Um, you have to, it won't work for any prepay services. 
it's only on the the bill pay services that they say. so they're not this isn't a natural upgrade that they're applying this is they're, they're trying to see whether people will pay more for this and i don't think they will or i think a small number of people will but i don't think most will like there's no 5g iphone so yeah. right out of the blocks that knocks out 40% of your market and they tend to be the highest spending 40%. And then you've only got two options with regards to Android handsets and the size yeah. of that's going to scare a lot of people off the, the So they, there's, there's the Huawei Mate 20X 5G, which we've just uh, spoken about. There, there are actually three Samsung phones that Air is ranging. Vodafone's only ranging one of them. The three are the um, Samsung S10 5G, the Samsung Note 10 Plus 5G, and then they're going for a sort of a budget 5G uh, model, which is a Samsung A90 5G, which is the cheapest of the, of the lot of them. That's Air's range. They've got they've got four phones, but the way, like they had they they had a choice here. They could have said, "Look, um, if you want to get onto the 5G service, we'll swap your SIM card, and all of our customers get 5G." Um, it's only available in a few areas, but if you have the right phone and you know, the right SIM, you get it, no extra charge, prepay, postpay. They haven't done that. And that makes me think that there is now an opening for three because Vodafone has launched, Air has launched three promises they'll launch before the end of the year. And I've kind of sort of been taking, you know, one or two little pot shots at them for that. But actually it might turn out to be advantage because they now get to see what the market reception is for the previous two. And if, if three says something like, well, our differentiator is going to be all of our customers, prepay, postpay, no matter what, can get 5G, you know, as long as you have the right phone uh, and, you know, we'll swap your SIM card. I think that could be a differentiator for them. And do you think they'll go for all-you-can-eat data? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's going to be massive movement in that because the other network to launch, of course, has been GOMO, which is the... Uh, budget no frills service from Air Mobile. It's not technically an MVNO, a mobile virtual network operator, because it doesn't have, as I understand it, um, it doesn't have some of the technical specifications that would uh, would uh, uh, meet that criteria. And also, it won't be reporting its own subscriber figures to Comrade. So, from the regulator's point of view, it's just a division of Air Mobile. It's just a part of Air Mobile. But for the punter, uh, this is an unbelievable deal. So, this is, in my opinion, this is by far. The most interest, the most disruptive telecoms launch of the year, like by far, way more interesting to way more people than than five G because it is a tenner a month for eighty gigabytes of data. They're saying it's no limits, but it's not no limits. It's eighty gigabytes, which is still the best in the market, and all your calls and all your texts. That's unbelievable. It felt last week like everybody I knew was uh, joining yeah. Gomo. Well, um, you know, and me too, and and I'm like hearing from you know families are saying that. They've ordered two for their kids, you know, because their kids might be on a prepay deal. They top up by 20 or 25 euro every month. This rips all of those deals to shreds. I mean, they've ripped the market to shreds with this uh, with this. Uh, I suspect offer. it has been even more popular than they expected because I, yeah. I ordered a SIM last week and it took seven days to arrive. I ordered one a couple of days ago and they're telling me it'll take 10 days to arrive. So, um, and based on my own anecdotal evidence, like family and friends, everybody mm. seems to go for, um, I probably like yourself, always have two phones on the go, um, mm. primary phone and a second phone for reviews up until now I've been using three prepay on that. It's mainly used for data. Mm. Um, but I'm going to try out Gomo for a while and see, I did, I did 
speak to one person the other day who said that they wouldn't switch because of the 80 gig limit and they're on three prepay. Right. Um, this person showed me their data usage last mm. month on their phone and mm. it was close to 500 gigs of data. They they basically hotspot their whole house and they've been doing this for a couple of years. I mean, I'm sure three are aware this is going on. They oh, they are. And, and I'm aware that three tolerates it to a certain extent. The only problem I have is that they your friend with his or her 500 gigabyte, they can't depend on that because in the legal terms and conditions, three can change their mind at any moment and say, no, no, um, the terms and conditions say 60 gigabytes. Anything over that, we reserve the right if in our sole discretion we think it's affecting the network. But there are 100 things that could affect the network. They, they, in other words, they're saying you only actually legally have 60 gigabytes. But you're right, I am aware that they do tolerate higher limits. And, and AIR has said that they will probably throttle after 80 gigabytes. But, I mean, but aside we, from that three prepay scenario, yeah. um, yes, the GOMO is by far the best value and the best, best, the best package. a million miles. Um, now, there are a couple of uh, reservations I do have about GOMO, and I, I've been one of the ones making the most noise about it and saying you should sign up for this because it's just amazing value. But on the other hand, when you actually dig into it, a couple of things. Number one, the first 100,000 customers will get it for 10 euro for life. Now, there's two things about that statement. Number one, the first 100,000 customers. How will we know when they hit that 100,000 customers? Air could turn around tomorrow, a week after launch, and say, we've hit 100,000 customers. How will I or you or anyone else say, you know, how do we know that? They are not going to report their subscriber numbers for GOMO to Comrade. The way that we all know who is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the market is that all of these mobile operators report their figures on a, you know, on a regulatory base to the telecom's regular Comrade. There's no place to hide. There is for GOMO. I'm, as you know, never a cynic when it comes to telecoms companies. However, if Air were to uh, decide that in the way that they added up their own figures, that now was a time to cut off the 10 euro per month offer, they could do that. There's no legal guarantee for that 100,000 uh, customer limit. The second thing, a tenor for life, they say. Now, that sounds amazing, but um, there's absolutely no uh, b legal basis for that either. That's just a marketing statement. They could, in 18 months' time or six months' time, raise the prices or say that, you know, they could change the product. Now, if they did, you and I would slaughter them. I would slaughter them, right, uh, across all media. And I, not, not just for sport, but just because that would be a gross uh, betrayal of the trust that customers put in. Nevertheless, they could do it. If you look in the terms and conditions, they reserve the right to change the price. There's no, there's nothing about it being for life. There's nothing you can legally... Yeah, you could throw into the mix there 80 gigs for life in a couple yeah. of years' time. That probably won't be anywhere near enough. No, it won't. Especially because the way that this is going to happen is... 5G gets rolled out initially as a premium product, like 4G sort of was for one or two operators initially. It'll get as a premium product for about six months to a year to 18 months. After 18 months or two years, every part of every network will get it just as standard. So GOMO will probably get it. If you have a 5G service where you're getting 
you know, a minimum of 100, 150 megabits per second, or say a minimum of 60, 70 megabits per second, yes, you're going to start hotspotting things. Yes, you're going to start using your giant uh, screen to play 4K or, uh, you know, 1080p uh, movies more of the time. And the amount of devices you'll have in your house. I mean, according to Virgin, their average uh, home has 10 connected devices. That's going to go to 20, 30, 40 in the next five or six years. So you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, none of that's going to. But taking, you know, let's 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 take them at their word and yeah. say that they will they they will give it to a hundred thousand customers. Mm. Um, and and based on on you know the the whirlwind of uh, publicity and 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 take up they seem to have had in the last week, they could reach that figure very very soon. I, I think they will. Be totally I think, honest. Yeah, I think they're going to reach what, it. So by what's January. the rate after that? They haven't said, but I don't think they will look to see what the market is at that time, but. If you were to ask me what I'd bet, I'd, I'd say they would then raise it to between 15 and 20 euro. And at that price, it would still be like equaling the best or the best still in the market at that price. Um, it certainly would at 15 euro. It probably would at 20 euro as well. And the key is going to be Air's network upgrade. Air swears that it has this massive upgrade program for all, for all of its uh, network. It'll have, in two years, it'll have 99% geographical coverage for 4G. Now, I'll believe that when I see it, but that's what they that's what they claim. If they get anywhere close to that, then there will be no reason to leave. Uh, there'll be no reason not to choose Air. Be, there wouldn't be much of a reason to go with Vodafone over Air. At the moment, the, the way it is in Ireland, I'm not sure if you would agree, but this is the way I've always found it, is that... Three has always traded on being have giving the most data and the best data packages. Um, Vodafone has always traded even on being slightly more expensive, but the best network coverage and quality, fastest speeds. Um, and Air Meteor has kind of been stuck, sort of between them, and you know, yeah, we're here too. Now they want to up yeah. their quality. Yeah, I found that in Dublin, Air is a match for Vodafone in terms of quality and uh, coverage, but outside Dublin, a little less mm. reliable. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I'm, you know, I'm like you, I'm lucky, I don't really have to go out and buy a phone or go out and do any of those silly contracts that uh, network mm. operators push on people. Um, so I, I'm on SIM-only plans mm. and there's always a good deal so you can kind of hop around a bit and I've tried them all yeah. the last few years and Vodafone by far is the best nationwide that's what um, I found yeah it, so if I, I'm traveling around the country a lot in general in general now not always because there are it is different in, in regions but in general you get slightly more consistent high-end uh, service with Vodafone but that's now that might change. I do, I do, I do find that uh, Air is a match for us in Dublin. I think Three's problem is they took over O2. Yeah. O2 knew that was coming for several years yeah. and didn't invest in the didn't network, invest, so they no. basically bought it. So Three has only really in the last 18 months kind of closed off that program, and uh, they now can focus on really uh, upping the quality. Now, having given you the reasons why the, the Air might you know restrict or qualify GOMO, the flip side is, even if they do those things, so what's the worst case scenario? Let's say worst case scenario, um, they they cut off the, the 10 euro per month offer before it reaches 100,000 and they tell everybody to shag off when asked for proof for, for, for the 100,000. And then they raise the price to say, say 15 euro or 20 euro for everyone. The worst that can happen then is that you got 12 or 18 months of a deal for a tenner, right? 
because you still save about 100 or 200 quid. So even if they are cynical and even if they do go back on their word or their marketing promises, you, by, by getting a SIM now, you're still saving money because it's easy to port numbers. So it's still worth it. I mean, I cannot but recommend this offer. From a customer's point of view, you can walk away from it as well with 30 days notice at any 100%. time. So that's the other big plus. Oh, yeah. There's no 18-month, there's no 24-month contract. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, and we'll only see over time, uh, how the speed issue, mm. um, the 10 megabits per second. Well, I have that. And now, now, all right, here's what I'm going to do. So I ordered a GoMo cart, and I'm going to take an Air Mobile SIM, and you know what's coming next. So I am going to go around with the exact same phone around a couple of cities, and a couple of different areas, and I'm going to do the exact same speed tests just to make sure, right, number one, that uh, they really mean it when they say this is the same service as, as Air Mobile, that they're not throttling the GoMo speed, that there isn't a portion of the network assigned for GoMo, and that they get the B-grade stuff, like the Air Mobile stuff is prioritized, and the GoMo profile, they get whatever's left. I, I really want to check that. Although, even if... The GOMO speed is a bit slower, 20% slower. I still don't think that would affect the offer because if you're getting 7 or 8 megabits per second instead of 12 megabits per second, 10 megabits per second, the price, probably it's still worth it to you. But I am going to do that. I've done it before and um, the operators hate it when you do that. But, you know, um, the only people who do that at the moment are Comreg and they only do it on in cities and on primary routes they never go into the country. They never actually go into town, into smaller towns or villages. And then there are a few commercial organizations that do it and sell that data for an awful lot of money. Speed Test, actually, you know, speedtest.net, the app, they actually have a commercial division because everybody all over the country is testing their speed on their phone. But Speed Test, speed test collates all that data and maps it and then sells it as a commercial product to say, we can tell you where the best and worst uh, speeds are and data coverage are in the country by operator. Hmm. I've asked them for it before and said, no, no, no that's valuable info, son. You know. Um, so, do you think uh, who do who do you think the the GoMo deal has hit most? Do you think it's three prepaid customers, or do you think it's other virtual operators? Or I think I think it has mostly hit prepaid uh, people uh, on on prepaid deals. I think it's mostly hit Air Mobile and three. So I think they've cannibalized some of their own market for that um, based on what I've seen and feedback I've gotten and queries that I, I've received and like questions and emails I've gotten on how do I do this and how do I do that. It's a lot of it's actually Air Mobile's own network. But from Air's point of view, I, I don't think they'll be bothered by that because they just want customers. And if you're on their service, if you're on net, um, you know, if somebody gets the if somebody's happy with the service, if they're paying a tenner, they'll, if they're happy with the coverage, they'll end up telling their friend that the coverage is fine. You there know? have been, there has been some commentary about the, uh, you know, the, the online customer service and the mm. web chat service. Um, there have been issues with people porting their numbers and I've anecdotally, a couple of people have told me that, you know, dealing with the, the online agents uh, hasn't been necessarily yeah. a, a wonderful experience so far, but I'd probably level that against all of the Vodafone Absolutely. and the whole lot. <laughs> Absolutely. That, yeah, um, yeah, it's very hard to pick a winner and a loser when it comes to customer there service. There seems to be an issue, now I haven't encountered this, but there seems to be an issue about activating your voicemail. I'm not sure anyone, I don't use voicemail, I, I have a message on mine saying, please yeah, don't one leave or two, a message. Yeah, one or two people uh, suggest to me that, um, that while the port 
from another operator to port the, the mobile number was okay. There were one or two issues with voicemail, and there seems to be a dispute between GOMO and another operator as to why that is a technical reason. Um, I The reason I'm not naming the other operators is because I haven't looked into it, so I don't know where the fault actually lies mm. or, or even whether there is that much of an issue at scale or whether it's just one or two people that have a problem. But uh, but there are going to be issues. And that is part of the deal with GOMO. There's no stores, no shops. You can't walk into an Air Mobiles, an Air store, and say, hi, I'm a GOMO customer. Can you give me customer service? They'll say, no, it has nothing to do with us. You're on your own with GOMO. It's online uh, only. Um, it's uh, you, you, you sign up online. You have your web chat. You have all your customer service online. So it's not going to suit everybody. Um, it's not going to suit the person who really, really want somebody to talk them through an issue, I, I think. To me, it's been one of the most successful Irish consumer product launches of the year. It's just the, well, the I, interest uptake and the amount of people talking about it in the last week has just been phenomenal. Well, I, I mean, in the Sunday Independent column uh, the, uh, last week, I said this is easily the most disruptive, impactful uh, telecoms launch. I mean, it's up there with, a, with an iPhone launch in terms of the attention and potential impact because you are literally saving a minimum of about 100, 200 quid a year if you go with this. Um, and if you're coming from Air Mobile, you're doing it with no difference whatsoever in signal or service. No difference. Mm. Uh, you, you might have a fall off in difference if you're coming from Vodafone. Depending on where you live, you might from 3 as well. It, you, it, might, it might be better service than 3 or Vodafone depending on where you live. It does vary originally, but um, but in, if you're coming from Air Mobile, it's an absolute no-brainer. Like, just do it, uh, is what I would say, with all of the qualifications that yeah. we um, have uh, spoken about. Um, that's all I think we have time for today. Mark, thanks a so, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. One quick question for you before yes. we go. Uh, the Pixel 4 XL, as yeah. we discussed earlier, um, which I'm excited to, to test out over the next couple of weeks. It's the last big smartphone launch of the year. Um, so what would your favorite smartphone of 2019 be? Uh, I could say I probably of 2019, I would say three. I think the addition of the ultra-wide camera on the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro Max and the battery life. We didn't talk about that. The, the other thing about the, the iPhone 11 is, okay, the ultra-wide camera, fine. The battery life. The battery life on the new iPhone is about 20 to 30%, no joke, better than all other iPhones before that. Except the XOR. The XOR I've been using for the last year and the battery life, and that was really, really good. Yeah, the XR was yeah decent, but the iPhone 11, which is the, essentially the replacement for the iPhone XR tenor, as Apple calls it, um, is an hour better again than the 10. Now, an hour is an hour, right? Mm -hmm. But the iPhone 11 Pro is four hours, and I can see it. I can absolutely see it before my eyes. I never get close to the red. That's the first time in, in my life, it's the first time since iPhones have come out that that has happened for me. So that has to be there. That's no, That's... One of them, I would say. Another is the uh, Huawei P30 Pro. I can't. I mean, the camera, because of that 5x optical zoom, it is an absolute game changer. You can get shots in that you cannot get on any other camera. Yeah. It actually is unique in that way. In your Pixel 4 review, you you almost rated the 
the Huawei camera as, as better than Apple from the point of view that it's more versatile? It is more versatile because it has the ultra-wide, it has the standard, and it has the zoom range and more than, uh, than Apple's iPhone 11. In terms of outright quality, the, the iPhone still has a slightly better computational photography mix in that if you take a picture of somebody a portrait, the portrait on the iPhone is slightly better than the portrait on the Huawei P30 Pro, and that does make a difference. The P30 Pro's night mode is definitely better, in my opinion, than the iPhone's night mode. Uh, and the zoom is better. But the iPhone, for kind of 40, 50, 60% of your shots of people, the iPhone's a bit better. That's that would be my take. But those two would be the standards. And then I would actually also, one that I just got my hands on, I couldn't really say it's, so yeah, it's the best of the year, but Nokia's 2720 Flip. This is a flip phone. I'm going to do this for the microphone, see if, it, see if it picks it up. So I'm open, close, open, close. It's a flip phone, but it has a, uh, a 2.8 inch color screen. It's not a touch screen. But here's the thing with this phone. It gives you a trimmed down version of the social messaging utility apps that you use. So uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, YouTube, Google, Twitter. So it has these and you can use them. So you'll get your messages, but it's not a full version of it. So you won't get lost in it for hours and hours. Is this the latest in Nokia's line of sort of remodeled classic phones or is this a brand new phone? No, this is a brand new phone. And sorry, there was actually a a previous 2720, I believe, but but this is not uh, a reprise of of like the... um, the, what was it, the 8110, the yellow, the banana phone they brought out last year, yeah. the the cheap version of the Matrix phone. It, it's not that. Nokia's positioning this for older people, but I think this is more for detoxers. So this is a phone that I can see myself using for a full day, say, when I just don't want to get sucked into Twitter controversies and dramas. I don't want to get too many Facebook notices but I do want to be contactable by friends and family on WhatsApp if they need me. That's what this phone is for. It also has an unbelievable battery life. So the battery life here is still 75% and I charged it four days ago. Wow. And it's a color screen. Wow. <laughs> 4G as well, and you can hotspot it. So- And what's the price point on that? 109 euro. So it's astonishing. Uh, now it has a camera as well, it's crap, but- um, it looks really cute as well. Uh, we have a 17-year-old in the house. Yeah, I, I like showed the, her this. I like the lock and, screen. Uh, oh, it's nice. She was going, ooh, that's lovely. It's really nice. Like, it actually looks kind of premium. So I would say the iPhone 11, I'm going to say the iPhone 11 Pro because that's the one with the extra good battery life as well as all the cameras. The iPhone 11 Pro, the Huawei P30 Pro, and the Nokia 2720 Flip. They would be my three phones of the year so far. If I was to buy one, it would probably be the iPhone 11 rather than the Pro. Yeah. Because I think it's got pretty, you know, in terms of... There's a big price gap there. 400 euro or something, yeah, I think. Yeah, there is. Yeah, so th- th- 330 euro is the difference. Uh, and I couldn't disagree with you, actually, because you still get good battery life on the 11. You don't have the telephoto on the 11, but you do have the ultra-wide. So, so Apple has made that choice that you spoke about. And you do have that super-fast processor, in fairness. Super-fast. Apple, Apple's faster yeah. than any Android phone. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good note to end on. Well, listen, thanks again to Mark Cavan, a senior assistant editor at the Star, digital editor at buzz.ie. And for me, Adrian Weckler, tech editor at Irish and Sunday Independent. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.